You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, we are going to be going over three major concerns for Kentucky basketball this upcoming season. I think that there are a variety of different things that we should at least be aware of as Kentucky fans heading into this season, but I want to give you three potential concerns for the Wildcats as they embark on what could be a very important year for John Calipari and company. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the show. If you're listening on podcast, I would really appreciate it if you followed along there as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. What are the biggest concerns for Kentucky basketball this upcoming season? I think the first one, and we've already kind of talked about this a good bit here throughout the offseason, is Kentucky's health heading into this season. I think the non-conference slate is going to prove to be very important for Kentucky for reasons that we've talked about here on the show, but I'll reiterate them here. Kentucky, I think, last season really missed a lot of good opportunities to strengthen their resume and to please the net rankings heading into the postseason. They had several opportunities during their non-con slate that they could have taken advantage of, and they simply were not able to execute. This season, Kentucky has four or five different games that if they do win them could prove to be very important for where Kentucky wants to be seated in the postseason in the NCAA tournament. And I think that if you are going to embark on this this quest to defeat some of these bigger giants that you either weren't able to defeat last year or new opponents that are going to be just simply as difficult as some of your non-con opponents last year, you're going to have to be healthy to start the year. Right now, Kentucky, I think, is going to be okay heading into this non-con slate. You've got on Yenzo and Aaron Bradshaw are the two players here that you have to be concerned about with their health. Hugo, obviously getting hurt right before the Global Jam. Aaron Bradshaw having to undergo surgery on his foot. Both of them are out of boots. Both of them look okay, uh, at least based on what we've heard and seen, well, whether, whether or not they're going to be 100% or playing 100% of the minutes that they would normally play if they were healthy at the start of the year in a game like Kansas in Chicago. I'm not quite sure. Right now, I think we're just going to have to wait and see, hear a little bit more about what's going on at practice, hear a little bit more about how Cal wants to do things. And then those first couple of games before that matchup with the Jayhawks, I think are going to be somewhat telling as to what we should expect about from Hugo and from Bradshaw in this non-con slate. Again, I think it's very important that Kentucky picks up some big-time wins and their health in the front court is going to be crucial for that at the start of the year. The second thing here that I want to talk about is, I think, rim protection, which ties hand-in-hand with the players that are maybe not 100% right now for the Wildcats. 
Last season, Kentucky was 110th nationally in blocks per game at 3.7. I think the more telling statistic, though, was Kentucky's two-point field goal percentage as a defense. They allowed 48.6% of twos to fall uh, on the defensive end of the floor. So anytime an opponent took a two-point shot, 48.6%, that's nearly 50% of the opponent's shots, they went in. That is the highest percentage that Kentucky basketball has allowed since 1996. And that's the furthest I could go back on Kim Palm to see when the last time Kentucky had a worse statistical uh, performance defensively inside the arc in a given year. And that's since the start of the Ken Palm era, Kentucky has not had a worse two-point field goal percentage. Also, the effective field goal percentage for the Wildcats was also 48.6, which is also the highest percentage Kentucky has given up in the Ken Palm era. You have to be able to protect the rim a little bit better than you did a season ago. Oscar Sheepway, for all of the things that he was, was not an elite rim protector. Kentucky didn't really have a whole lot of other options on roster, and when Yugo was available, Kentucky didn't really want to go to him because of how young he was, and whenever he wasn't available because he was injured, it it kind of made Kentucky play an uncomfortable style of basketball. Uh, They weren't particularly elite on the offensive end, and so not being able to have all your guys on the defensive end uh, also came back to bite them in the worst way against some teams that they really just didn't match up well with. That two-point field goal percentage, that has to go down this upcoming season. And you go in acro- across the board and you look at Kim Palm, there are not a lot of seasons that stand out alongside this one. This was a big-time drop for Kentucky overall in terms of just how they've handled people inside the arc. You have to have Uganda and Yenzo, who has bulked up and changed physically this offseason, ready and healthy to play. You have to have Aaron Bradshaw ready and healthy to play. If Zvonimir Ivicic is actually eligible and and is deemed eligible by the NCAA, he's got to be ready to protect the rim a little bit for UK as well. So I think it's very important that Kentucky's rim protection is good this season. Those two concerns, though, health and then defending that rim, I think are big concerns for the Kentucky Wildcats this upcoming season. They're two of my three biggest concerns this year. I want to ask you guys if you have any thoughts on what maybe you think are some concerns for Kentucky in the fall and in the spring, or fall, winter, and spring. You can leave that in the YouTube comments below, or you can hit me on the socials at Locked On UK. I want to remind you guys of something before we get to our third one here. If you have any questions for the show, if you have any thoughts on Kentucky basketball, Kentucky football, which we will be talking about a little in a little bit here on the show, please don't be afraid. To ask, a co- to ask a question in the comments, to go to at LockedOnUK on Twitter, message me a question. I'll be more than happy to address it here on the show. All right, I've got one more concern about Kentucky basketball this upcoming season, and I think the numbers here are going to be very interesting for you guys. I- I've collected some data uh, that I think may interest you about this third concern for Kentucky basketball. Before I get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. 
Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, continuing along here on the Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. If you've not subbed to the channel already, please go ahead and do so. If you are listening on podcast, I would really appreciate it if you followed along there as well. This final concern for Kentucky basketball I think is a very interesting one. So just to recap, our two biggest concerns with Kentucky basketball so far. Health. You have to be better inside the arc and I think that with that comes health for Uganda Nienzo and Aaron Bradshaw. Rim protection, talked about the stats. Got to get your blocks up. Got to get that effective field goal percentage down. I don't necessarily know how Kentucky's going to attack that except with better personnel this upcoming season. It's just simply up to them to, to, them to, to make an impact there. I also think that uh, an, another uh, just extra note here about health. If Justin Edwards gets hurt at small forward, and again, knock on wood uh, that he uh, hopefully he does not get hurt. Adu Thierro is probably going to have to play a good amount of minutes for you at that three spot. Are you comfortable with that right now? Given the the, the way that Thierro played during the, the the Global Jam, I'm okay with it. Now you may not necessarily have an elite scoring option in Thierro, but you've got defense, you've got rebounding, and you've got physicality at that small forward spot. So. Maybe you're not like absolutely thrilled because of just how good of a player Justin Edwards is offensively, but Thierro, I think, can absolutely run the ship there at the three. Just something to be aware of is that Kentucky doesn't really have a whole lot of options to rotate around that wing spot, and if one goes down, the other's going to have to play a ton of minutes. So the third concern here, though, for Kentucky basketball this upcoming season, we've talked about it. It's the experience. We've discussed Kentucky's experience on the show for quite some time. We've talked about the fact that the majority of the players in the rotation are underclassmen, most of them being freshmen. Your two point guards are going to be freshmen. Your backup shooting guard is going to be a freshman. Starter at wing, Justin Edwards, we just mentioned him. Five-star freshman. Bradshaw, freshman. Onyenzo, sophomore. Ivasich, technically a freshman. You've got a lot of young players here in this rotation that are expected to not just be contributors, but significant ones for this upcoming season. John Calipari has to make a push here with an incredibly young squad, a very talented one at that, but a very young one as well. Can he actually pull it off? Well, the inexperience here, again, I think is very, very big. And I went and pulled up some numbers here just to kind of give you guys an idea of where we're sitting at potentially in the postseason with such a young team. So as you guys know, I really, really like Kim Palm. I love all of their different numbers. And one of the statistics that Kim Palm tracks is Division One experience. The average amount of years of experience that an individual player has on each, or an individual team has uh, per conference. And then you also get to break it down uh, per player, obviously. But when you go and look from 2007, which is when he started started uh, counting an experience as a, or experience as a statistic, from 2007 to 2023, I went and looked at the five least experienced teams in the nation. And the reason that I picked five, you could have gone ten or fifteen, 
or it, because Kentucky was consistently in there. And then I went and looked and, and tried to see which team of those five made it the furthest in the NCAA tournament. And also I will, something else I want to point out. This is not the, let me rephrase. This is not the five least experienced teams in the country period because there's over 300 teams in the nation and division one college basketball. It's the five least experienced power six uh, schools. So the power six includes the SEC, the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big 12, the Big 10, and then the Big East. I'm also including it, uh, the Big East in this power six here as well. If you believe in the power five instead of the power six in basketball, fight me. I don't care. In 2007, Texas made it the furthest out of the five least experienced teams of the nation. They made it to the second round. 2008, none of the five teams made it into the NCAA tournament. 2009, Kansas made the Sweet 16. 2010, nobody made it. 2011, Kentucky made it to the Final Four as one of the five least experienced Power Six schools in the nation. North Carolina also made it to the Elite Eight that season as well. 2012, no one made it. 2013, Kentucky was the sixth least experienced team and made it to the NIT. Just wanted to point that out. Outside of that, nobody made it to the NCAA tournament. 2014, Kentucky, one of the five least experienced teams in the Power Six, made it to the national title and lost. 2015, nobody made it. 2016, Duke made it to the Sweet 16. Kentucky made it to the round of 32. 2017, Kentucky made it to the Elite Eight. 2018, Kentucky made it to the Sweet 16. Started starting to see a little bit of a pattern here. 2019, oh, excuse me, 2018, Kentucky made it to the Sweet 16. Syracuse and Duke made it to the Elite Eight as three of the five least experienced Power Six schools in the country. 2019, Duke and Kentucky both made the Elite Eight. 2020, Oklahoma State, round of 32. Cade Cunningham, enough said. In 2021, nobody made it. 2022, Duke made it to the Final Four as one of the least experienced Power Six schools in the nation. 2023, Michigan, Marquette, and Duke all made the round of 32. Nobody progressed further. So what are we dealing with here? We're dealing with a very inexperienced Kentucky team that has a couple of pieces, a couple of very old pieces in Antonio Reeves and Trey Mitchell. But outside of that, freshmen, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, you're going to have to get these guys ready to play in the postseason. You got to get them healthy, healthy. You got to get them playing cohesive defense, and then you have to get them confident heading into March Madness. Cal has shown over the years that with incredibly young teams, if they're talented enough, he can take them far or take them a decent ways into the NCAA tournament. I think my bar for this year, as far as whether or not Kentucky has success, is somewhere around the Elite Eight. I think that Kentucky making the Elite Eight would be, at the very least, what I would expect Kentucky to be in contention to do this upcoming season. History shows it's very possible. The past couple of years, uh, teams haven't been doing it as consistently. Actually, since that 2019 mark, really nobody's done it a whole lot outside of just Duke. So maybe it's bucking recent, recent trends, but I think Kentucky has the ability to do it. Again, I want to ask you guys, if you have any thoughts about what you think the biggest concerns are for Kentucky basketball this upcoming season, please leave them in the YouTube comments below. All right, I want to get to a conversation I had on the College Football Kickoff Live show, which streams on our YouTube feed and on our podcast feed. I hopped on with the guys to talk about Kentucky versus Georgia this upcoming weekend. The question, can the Wildcats cover against the Bulldogs and can they compete? I'm going to talk about why in just a little bit 
Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. You can snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more on top of that. So you need to visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. That is FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Lance Daw joining Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Uh, Lance, look, not a lot of people nationally are giving Kentucky as much love as the Wildcats probably deserve right now. Do you agree with that assessment going into this Georgia game? I think when you look at what Kentucky's accomplished so far this season, I think it's absolutely fair to have a little bit of doubt when you take a look at Kentucky's unblemished record. Obviously, the month of September was relatively easy for UK. I mean, they went, they scraped by Akron, Eastern Kentucky, Ball State, a couple of really easy opponents. Uh, went over to Vanderbilt, had a couple of uh, pick sixes, really aid them in that big time win on the road, scored a lot of points. But at the end of the day, I, I think that looking at this Kentucky team right now, coming out of this Florida game, I think a lot of fans surrounding <laughs> I think a lot of fans surrounding the team are excited about it but go and look at that Florida game I don't necessarily know if that's a if that's a situation where you watch Kentucky's ground game really take off you watch Ray Davis explode for 300 or on nearly 300 yards I don't necessarily know if that's a Kentucky strength or a Florida weakness here. And it was what you were saying a minute ago, Drake, about just how I, I don't really know if Florida or excuse me, Kentucky has played a quality opponent up until this point. And we're going to really find out on Saturday whether or not they are worth their salt. Now, again, I want to reiterate, not a whole lot in terms of uh, a, a legitimate opponents that they've seen. So I don't really know if we have a ton of data to truly tell us whether or not Kentucky is capable of competing this weekend against the Bulldogs. I think after we get this game uh, and, and if they somehow come out with a win, then we'll have a really good idea of where they stand. Something that I'm always curious about, Lance, is, you know, the, the, the matchup against Brock Bowers, Carson Beck. How's that looking on paper? Well, I think right now with Kentucky and what they've got in their defense, it's not necessarily an individual that can cover Brock Bowers because as we identified last weekend, uh, nobody can cover Brock Bowers. Auburn tried throwing literally everyone in the kitchen sink at Bowers and they could not find anybody to cover him. I don't think Kentucky has an individual on this team that can. Now it's just finding different ways to kind of lock him up with more than one individual. But I will say this, an area that Auburn struggled with last weekend and I think an area that Kentucky could struggle with this weekend is third down. Kentucky, or excuse me, Georgia went to Bowers continuously on third down, and he was always open. I'm really concerned, considering Kentucky has had struggles this year getting off the field. I, I'm concerned that Kentucky may be in for a rude awakening on defense with Brock Bowers. It's just one of those situations where nobody can really stop him, but can you kind of limit him? I don't necessarily know if Kentucky has the dudes to do it. I don't know if the stats necessarily reflect that. So uh, it, it's a major concern heading into this weekend. Yeah, and, um, you know, I'm sorry for be bigging up Louisville so much here in this last segment. I know it hurts your heart a little bit to hear that. But um, with that being said, tell me what about this Kentucky team that the rest of the world – tell me what it is about this team that the rest of the world doesn't know that they need to get acclimated to, right? Because anybody who watches Kentucky play, even as a casual fan, you're going to hear the name. 
Ray Davis, Sweet Baby Ray, you know, Babyface Ray. You go hear about Ray all day long. But tell us, who are the unsung heroes that if this upset is to be pulled off, this guy will be a massive part of? Well, I think right now, Kentucky, one of the most impressive things that they've done so far this season is they've really maintained a, a, a strong turnover margin which is something that they were not able to do over the past couple of seasons underneath defensive coordinator Brad White. I think right now when you look at Kentucky and what they've got going on on that defensive end, or I think they've got a lot of different guys in the secondary that you have to be impressed with. I'm trying – I'm so sorry. I'm trying to pull up his last name because I always botch it on my show just to make sure that I don't uh, botch Maxwell Hairston's last name. He currently has three interceptions on the season. Two of them have been returned for touchdowns. He has been a game changer for the Wildcats so far this season. Kentucky's got a number of different guys in the secondary that have been, uh, I think, uh, I don't necessarily know if lucky is the right word, but just in the right place at the right time when it comes to creating some of these turnovers and immediately turning into it into points. But look across this defensive backfield. I think that you could find a number of different guys. If you want to talk about unsung heroes, Trevin Wallace, Alex Afari, like I said, Maxwell Hairston. You've got several guys on this back end that you have to be really impressed with the way that they've played so far this season. I think Kentucky and their secondary is maybe a little bit underrated uh, so far this year, and I think it could be a big help for them in some conference games, maybe some more home games here where they start to create some turnovers and it really starts to create a gap between them and whoever the opponent is because Kentucky has proven if you're going to give us the takeaways – we will cash them in for points, and they have made people really pay for that. So I would have to go with this secondary as a whole, but Maxwell Hairston has been an excellent, excellent player. Lance, elevator pitch here. In short, will Kentucky make the playoff? Uh, I would say that Kentucky's got a legitimate shot if they win this weekend. I think that the SEC East outside of Georgia has a lot of really solid but not elite teams. Anybody can beat anybody this year. I think Kentucky's strength in the trenches. I, I do like this D-line, but, man, this O-line last weekend, if they play like they did last weekend against Florida, if they do that again for several SEC games, you're not a fan. Not a fan. Somebody take know. away Brennan's take away <laughs> thumbs down. Take away his thumb down and his mute feature. Snatch them both. Ali, uh, uh, Zach, get him out of here. Get 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 Ali. him off the controls, please. Ali, I'm sorry, not Ali. Ali, Ali. get it, get him out of here. Get I him think, out of here. I think right now Kentucky's passing offense is still a work in progress. I believe with the plethora of receivers that day, or excuse me, uh, uh, that Devin Leary has to throw to, this can be a better offense as the year goes on. Uh, maybe we see that. Maybe we see Kentucky, you know, start to strengthen that area of their game and. They win some games here down the road. They beat Louisville by a million at the end of the year, and we call it a day. Wow. Elevator to the top of the Empire State Building. That's Lance Daw. Locked on Kentucky, Lance. Thanks for joining Locked on College. We'll kick off live. Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can leave those in the YouTube comments below. Please subscribe to the show if you have not already, whether that be on podcast or on YouTube. Really excited about the rest of October, getting closer and closer to that exhibition game on October 27th. I will see you guys all on Monday for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.